Podcast 63, Magazine List. Sponsored by my buddies at PantryParatus.com. They sell food preservation tools. Produce, prepare, preserve your own harvest. All right, so today we're going to do the, the magazine. Right. Yeah, this is a follow-up to the podcast about the book. Um, people have wondered where you get a lot of your information, and I know you have a lot of magazines you enjoy. So, yeah, there's, I, I, I've subscribed to quite a few, um, and uh, uh, get a lot of information out of there, although I have to say that for the last five years or so, um, most of the time, I only get one or two articles out of any magazine uh, that I, you know, find any value in. Um, and about 70% of the stuff I read, I'm, I'm annoyed at how stupid people are. And I was like, wow, this magazine is desperate to fill out these pages. They've got, you know, a lot of ignorant boobs that are willing to, to talk about things they really have no idea what they're talking about. Um, but then again, I'm a bit of, uh, in, in, in my field, I suppose, I'm a bit of a cynic, maybe, or? Well, I can imagine that most of the articles are for more traditional organic methods or even conventional agriculture methods, and they're not, except for the permaculture magazines, they're not as much permaculture methods. Right, and, and there's a good place to start, permaculture magazine. Yep. And uh, I'd have to say that out of the whole stack, that one, that one's probably my favorite. Although there's that one about the the woodworking stuff. The living woods. Living woods. I, I really like living woods, although I think it's got a very tiny audience. I found that one for you. <laughs> yeah, that was that was a good catch. You you did, you did. That's a good one. But I'd I'd say Permaculture Magazine. I can pretty much count on two articles per issue that I find interesting. Um, and uh, and then a lot of the rest of the information is generally stuff that uh, I already know. Um, but I, and I don't think I don't know if I've ever read anything in Permaculture Magazine that I thought was misinformation. Um, and so I I'd have to say that I, Permaculture Magazine is the one that I uh, probably you know open first thing anymore. Um, all right. So, uh, what else? What else well, we got on the list? Well, uh, we mentioned Living Woods. Explain, explain why you like that, and um, what's what's cool about Living Woods. Well, it's basically it's like uh, the the Ben Law magazine <laughs> is what I think of it as. But um, um, uh, to me, it's like uh, okay, suppose you have 20 acres and you live in a little house that you built on your 20 acres and uh, you're making a living on these 20 acres of woodland and uh, uh, and I don't know it kind of goes into that a bit so there's a, a lot of green woodworking you know a lot of stuff where it's like okay you've got a bit of a tree and you uh, you're gonna carve it up into some, carve it up into spoons carve it up into a chair carve it up into whatever um, and uh, and it's like I don't know it's, it's as if there's this whole community where this is everybody has their 20 acre plot and they're all living this way and uh, you you do eat squirrel for 
one meal once a week. <laughs> <laughs> so, isn't this a UK magazine? Yeah, and and I kind of get the feeling like when I I've talked to the publisher uh, a couple of different times through email, and uh, I I kind of get the impression that uh, he's. His audience is almost strictly UK, um, but uh, you know I got a subscription. I paid a whole bunch extra to have it sent to me, and uh, I don't know. I'm I'm really weird. I, I'm really enjoying it, um, and uh, uh, I, there's a lot of. I mean, but that's an area where I feel like uh, while I have a lot of experience down that road, I don't have as much as these guys, and um, I I'm really looking up to them. I'm really I'm really enjoying it. Great. Well, um, speaking of permaculture magazine, there's also permaculture activists. Right. And uh, um, I don't, you know, permaculture is a field that contains a lot of stuff. So my stuff tends to be more about agriculture. But uh, a lot of, uh, and, and when it comes to agriculture, my focus tends to be more like, um, and now we're going to make money. <laughs> And uh, permaculture activists tend to be more towards um, how to how to save places where things have gone screwy, uh, like like uh, places where they've had devastation. Um, um, you know, well, activism-ish stuff, which, which the social justice aspect of permaculture is something that I feel like I did my time many years ago, and it just isn't a driving force in my life anymore. Right. And, and so I think permaculture activists, I think permaculture activists is going to appeal more to Kelda than, than to me. Sure. And, and, uh, uh, yeah, and to people who are interested in the social justice aspect, sure. Which is going to be a lot more people. There's a there's a lot more people that are interested in that kind of thing. Um, and so when I when I open it up, um, I mean there have been a lot of times where I, I go through, I scan all the articles, and I don't find any that are that are like oh yeah. You know, but about about every other issue, I'll I'll get an article that it's like, oh, that is really good. Right. You know, so um, I I still subscribe to it though, and I and 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 those guys have a link to me on their homepage, so I really kind of want to do good by them. <laughs> right. Right. Well, and and there's so few other permaculture publications that it's just refreshing to. I'm sure, in in some ways, to have information about permaculture. True, and and they're active on uh, Lawrence's uh, email list. So I see stuff from them once in a while, uh, yeah. which I feel like I feel interactive with them. You know, right, right. And Lawrence's email list, um, Lawrence London. That's a eBiblio. It's an international permaculture listserv. Right. Right. Okay. Right. Okay. So two going to the other end of the spectrum, two magazines on here look like they might be more about conventional ag, um, but explain what you think about them, Farm Show and Acres. Well, Acres is definitely not um, exactly about conventional ag. I mean, they're very... very much into the whole eco thing. Oh, okay. They're, they're big time eco. eco. Um, but Farm Show is 
uh, I don't know, very middle over the road. I mean, um, later I know that we, I know that Mary Jane's Farm is on there. When I bitch about that, I'm gonna think of like Farm Show as contrast. But uh, uh, the thing I love about Farm Show is innovation. It's just like cover to cover innovation. Every page is got like several different inventions some farmer came up with. And um, granted, while a lot of them are not things that I'm going to, to do, just being aware of, of other inventions is just like adds to the fodder for being able to, to dream up yet more stuff. And I, I really feel like innovation is really the most powerful tool in a permaculturalist arsenal of tools. Yeah, yeah, that's great. So, well, I was wrong about Acres, so Acres is is more eco, you said. Acres, USA! Um, yeah, in fact, the first three, four pages of every issue are kind of like, uh, I, I, I kind of start to tune them out a little bit because... Uh, it'll have like little headlines and things, and then you, you you'll go and read it, and it's it's like uh, imagine imagine conservative radio, and how you hear all of the extremist stuff on conservative radio. This is liberal radio, but in a magazine, where it's kind of like uh, you kind I, I kind of wonder like, okay, is that true, or are they kind of exaggerating a little bit there? Um, and uh, there are usually tidbits in there about GMOs, and, and I think I've, and I have read, I mean, I really enjoy Acres. I, I don't want to mislead anybody. I, I, there's a lot of good, good information in there. I, and I wasn't, I'm not sure if it was that or the Stockman Grass Farmer Journal where I read something about, like, how McDonald's um, is uh, getting more and more grass-fed beef, and they're, you know, moving towards organic, not because, um, you know, they give a damn about organic, but entirely because they're making more money that way, which I'm thinking, yes, go, man, go. Yeah, yeah. So you mentioned the Stockman Grass Farmer Journal. What's that, what's that about? Um... The idea is is that um, I think almost everybody who reads the magazine kind of assume that that you're uh, raising cattle. Um, um, although I think that you know once in a while they mention other animals, but uh, the idea is everybody the, the the base assumption is Alan Savory's work of uh, a paddock shift system, and uh, I think uh, Joel Salatin writes for for it quite a lot, and, and Joel Salatin also writes for Acres USA a lot. Um, and uh, the Stockman Grass Farmer Journal, I mean, both the Acres and the Stockman Grass Farmer Journal, uh, when they show pictures and stuff, it, it seems to be usually, like, here's a here's a picture of our crop or a picture of whatever we got going on, and there's not a tree to be seen. And, and that always kind of bothers me, and I kind of want these guys to, to take it up a notch. But um, uh, the Stockman Grass Farmer Journal is definitely um, uh, raising uh, animals. Uh, exclusively, whereas Acres USA is going to be talking about, like, here's a field of wheat, you know, and and uh, different kind of trials that may have gone on for, for different kinds of wheat crops or different kinds of corn crops or, or whatever. But but uh, Acres USA is going to be, you know, a lot more focused on monocrops. Uh, Stockman Grass Farmer Journal is going to be uh, focused a lot more on pasture, and uh, their pastures tend to be almost always 
polyculture pastures. So, um, uh, but I've I've let my subscription lapse. I should probably renew it. Um, but I, you know, I should probably also get land and get cattle again. <laughs> well, all in good time, huh? So, speaking of writing for magazines, you were recently published in Countryside. Oh yeah, Countryside. They'll they'll publish uh, from really anybody. Uh, um, the they're, they're not too terribly picky. How However, I got to tell you that when I first subscribed to Countryside about 10, 12 years ago, um, man, I would just eat it up cover to cover. And um, I mean, basically, it's just it's it's like the it's like the forums of Permies, or maybe the forums somewhere else. But um, a lot of really good little tidbits of information from just the masses. And uh, because it's got such a, a, a huge subscription base, there's so many so many readers then um, there's a lot of contributors. And, and basically, I think it's like, you know, probably one great big gob of letters to the editor kind of a thing. Only sometimes people submit pictures with their letters, and some letters are bigger. Um, and my letters were my some of the articles on my website. Well, and, and so the main focus is homesteading, is that correct? Yes, yes, definitely homesteading. Not necessarily organic, although you'll see a lot of people submitting stuff about organic. And, and I'm, I think, you know, a big part of it is each person, when they talk about their article or whatever it is they're writing about, then they say, okay, organic is my thing, you know, or they'll, you know, they'll kind of, you, you, you'll learn what their position is. And then you, I mean, I, I like the way how it's, uh, it's presented to everybody as just, hey, this is my thing. Here's my thing. As opposed to something where it's more controversial or we're trying to get angered up about something. Right, right. Um, and then there's the classic that probably most people have heard of, Mother Earth News. <laughs> yeah, I submitted something to Mother Earth News a couple years ago. And uh, I, I think it was my Aunt David's article, which got published in Countryside a few issues back. Um, but Mother Earth News said that they felt that my article did not speak in Mother's voice. So uh, they they rejected it, and uh, I don't know. I think I submitted something else, and they rejected that too. Then and then I ran into somebody who published for Mother Earth News regularly, and they said, "Yeah, it helps a lot if you are female." <laughs> Apparently, uh, all, I mean, it's funny the acronym for Mother Earth News: M E N Men. And, and it, apparently, all of the employees of Mother Earth News are all female. Um, and uh, you know, and I'm, I, I hope that it's not true that they turned my article down because I'm I'm male. Um, you know, I, although I suppose that's possible. I know that they've got guys that are publishing and they're publishing articles and stuff, so I'm sure it's not the case. But I'm just so so glad that. You know, their their magazine is not aimed at women. It's aimed at everybody, you know, which is great. I mean, even if they are, even if they have a strong feminist bend internally, I am really glad that they are not expressing that externally, that they are, you know, being inclusive rather than exclusive, that they're including men in, in what they publish. Because I do, I do think it's a very, it's a, it's a good magazine. Some people have gotten worried that they've gotten a little yuppy and that the ads are a little yup and, and stuff like that. But uh, I, I think that there's, uh, I'm still 
good stuff to be found in Mother Earth News periodically. I mean, I, you know, every other issue or something, I'll find something there that I really enjoy. Well, beyond any gender issues, uh, I mean, what type of information, just a generalization, would you say is in Mother Earth News? They're definitely organic. Uh, Aren't they? I I think that they do uh, they 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 do tend towards organic. Okay. Yeah. Um. I I think that uh, it's definitely homesteading. Yeah. Um. Although I think that they also have stuff like what's a good car to buy, what's a good tractor to buy, and I kind of think that that you know seems a little off to me. But um. Uh. For the most part, I mean, it's a, it's an org- it's about gardening, and it's about um. I don't know some country living. Some, yeah. Maybe maybe suburbing suburban living. Some. Yeah, or I suppose it could even work for urban homesteading too, because there's cooking and canning and raising small livestock as well as the gardening, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So, pause for a moment. All right. Okay, we're back. Okay, what's next? There were two more um, wood related magazines, Sawmill and Woodlot. Oh yeah, I don't I I'm uh I don't currently have a subscription to Sawmill and Woodlot. I used to though, cuz I own a sawmill and I have it all packed away. I should, you know, bring it out and fire it up. But anyway, um I thought Sawmill and Woodlot that I thought it was a very good uh magazine. Uh, you you learn a lot about all the different contraptions there are out there, and then and then there's a lot of different philosophies on what's a good practice and what's not a good practice and why. And um, uh, and granted, while I've read a bunch of different books in this space, and I've I, I grew up with loggers, um, and uh, uh, you know I've, I've spent you know I, I don't I don't think I've got as much experience as like well we were you know, Caleb. Or or Mark Vandermeer. I mean, right. by, you know, they've got far more experience than I do. I've got some, and I I uh, I found value in the in the magazine. And and one neat thing was is that I remember that for a while, uh, every issue came with this kind of cardboardy page in the middle that uh, was um, like a the idea is that you could pull it out and put it into a three ring binder um, but it was um, you know on a tree like what were the values of this tree as a as a lumber species you know what are the things you got to watch for uh, you know if you're trying to mill it um, you know uh, uh, stuff like that so uh, but I, I thought that uh, uh, sawmill would love of course mostly it's a showcase for equipment and they're trying to sell stuff and everything and I'm not big on buying stuff <laughs> so when you first told me Sawmill and Woodlot and I put it on the list I thought it was two different magazines is it just one it's one magazine <laughs> okay yeah. okay when I heard you say Sawmill and Woodlot I thought it was two. <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> okay all right so I uh, and you but, always want to read these off two at a time I don't know you know I can only do one at a time. <laughs> right, so, I okay. guess. Well, it's a good thing you did it. These, these two, so that way I know what you're talking about. So Tom Ellen Woodlot is one is a magazine, and it's a it's a thin magazine. It's really small, um, but uh, uh, it's where I learned about um, Peterson Mills, which is what my mill is. My mill is a Peterson. Which is a portable sawmill. 
a portable sawmill, um, and and mine is is probably the most well. No, no, actually, I take that back. Mine is a very portable sawmill. So mine's. Um, I my idea was that uh, I I liked the idea of. Uh, Taking a tree and milling it right where it where you dropped it, and uh, stacking it in such a way that it will dry right there, uh, and then when you uh, and then you just leave it there for you know three months to twelve months, and and then you come back and get it. It's nice and dry. It's it's then you know uh, um, five times lighter, yeah, and and so much easier to pack around as opposed to other places where it's like they've got this log that's crazy heavy, and then you need this mass of equipment to get it out of there and some people will use horses but you're still even if you're using horses you're like dragging these logs across the soil just ripping the crap out of everything and I don't I don't like that I want to minimize that as much as I can and so then the idea of having a very portable mill was very appealing to me sure and, and so that's the way I like to do it and you found out about your mill through this magazine Sawmill and Woodlot right right um, and so mine's a swing blade mill, um, as opposed to most mills, like probably 90% of the mills out there that are the portable mills are a bandsaw style mill, and um, I just, I like the swing blades much better, uh, they're faster, and, well, and a variety of reasons. It's what Mark Vandermeer uses, it's also, swing blades is what Mark Vandermeer uses, and I got a video of him uh, and his swing blade mill in action, uh, and uh, it's what Caleb uses too, is a swing blade mill. Um, so another homesteading magazine is Backwoods Home. Yeah, I really enjoy Backwoods Home, although probably a quarter of each issue is dedicated to gun stuff, and I just skip over all of that. I'm, I don't own a gun, and I just, you know, uh, I don't know. Other people, they must just be like, ooh, guns, yeah. And I just don't have that. I, I, to me, it's like, uh, ooh, hugo culture, yeah. Right. You know, I, I just, uh, I, I have nothing against them. I just can't seem to develop the least bit of interest in it. Uh, um, and I, I'm not one of those people that's against guns. So anyway, um, but uh, the other thing is, is probably they, they probably have about two to four pages of each issue dedicated to libertarian stuff. And um, they're very keen on And you know what? I think a lot of homesteaders are probably going to be keen on the libertarian stuff because it's like, because, uh, you know, and a lot of the driving force to being a homesteader or permaculturalist is uh, kind of like, oh, the government's annoying me and pissing me off. So what I want to do is I want to kind of go and create my own resiliency. You know, so if the government does something really awful or if things, you know... Go well. However however things go off, I'll be okay. Despite their wacky offness. I just need them, when I go off to create my safety net, I just need them to not fuck with my safety net. And I think that's where a lot of the libertarian mentality comes from, is like, I need government to like, stay away from my safety net stuff that I'm trying to build. Because it does seem like there's, you know, oh no, we got to make laws to keep you from making a safety net. And and so how does 
back home compare with Backwoods Home? Back Home is another homesteading magazine, well, right? right? Let me finish with Backwoods Home. Okay. So I, I, I mean, Backwoods Home will usually have at least one thing, one article per issue that I'll find interesting, which I think, I mean, that's to me that's a very high metric, um, and. Uh, um, I I uh, I mean there's I'll read almost I'll, I'll, I'll browse all the little bits that are written by Jackie Clay and there she's a regular columnist and and she also answers questions about all kinds of homesteader things and while there's some things that she says I don't agree with there's a there's a lot of little bits I've, I never considered that I, and I think her position's very good I, I really like it um, there's a, I've I've I have received I've read a lot of stuff from Backwoods Home that I thought was really, really good. And, uh, um, for example, one was where a guy was going through something like, I, I can't remember the exact details, but something like 10 cords of wood every winter to heat his, heat his cabin, which is really leaky, drafty. And I think he cut that down to two cords a winter. Um, you know, so like we're talking about going from standard conventional wood stove to like a rocket mass heater that much but it, but all he did was is that he kept his conventional wood stove and um, he brought lots of rocks inside he, he did a variety of things to increase the thermal mass inside of his cabin much like you have a mass of a rocket mass heater and uh, um, a variety of other things and he just had a he just had this lovely collection of tips and so many people get this idea of like oh here's how I'm going to save on my heating costs I'm going to seal my house I want to. I want to make it so that if I fart, I'm I'm sucking that fart in for the next three days. And uh, uh, I just, to me, that just seems like uh, not a good idea. Not very healthy. Not. And now it's like now it's like the standards. They've made all these houses where they're they're sealed, they're Ziploc bag, and now they've been finding that people are getting sick in them. And now they're making it a legal requirement that if you build a house, you have to build it like a Ziploc bag. And you have to build an event, not not an air-to-air heat exchanger. No, like just a poke a hole in the wall, yeah. seal it up tight, and then poke a hole in the wall. Right, it's like, right. This is this is just fucked up, and and you're legally required to do this. Right, it's crazy. So um, anyway, all right, so. Yeah, Backwoods Home, uh, really good. I, I, you know, and, and I know that a lot of my listeners are going to not appreciate the gun stuff, and they're going to not appreciate the libertarian stuff. And um, it's like, you know, it's your choice. But I think, I think you'll find that the upsides outweigh the downsides. So, and of course, a lot of my listeners are going to be like, libertarian stuff. Yeah, I love libertarian stuff. And, so and the, they'll and, be very happy there. And, and the gun stuff. Right. Yeah, they'll be yay gun stuff. Well, even if they're not doing the gun stuff for protection and and that kind of thing, they may be interested for hunting. So that makes sense with homesteading. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So um, overall, very good. All right. Next, Back Home Magazine. Um, Right. This one, this one seems to be a little candied. I mean, it's a homesteader magazine. Um... I, I, I don't seem to be finding a lot, a lot of substance in it, but it's you know more, more, more pretty pictures. I mean, it, it, it's like uh, Mother Earth News light. Um, I, I mean, I do find some stuff in there once in a while, um, but not, not very often. 
Um, it's it's uh, it's it's been. It, I, I'm hoping it'll get better. It's it's been okay. So they probably wouldn't have anything about guns or libertarian issues. No, they're gonna they're gonna play it safe and try to appeal to the bigger market. Whereas um, Backwoods Home is a much better magazine, and they don't play it safe. They do whatever the fuck they want, which okay. I respect. Sure, <laughs> sure. But Backwoods Home might be someone trying to go the other side of Martha Stewart or something. Just a little bit more natural side. Back home. Back home. Yeah. Back home. Did I say the wrong would, word? Yeah. <laughs> I could, Sorry. It could be confusing. Yep. yep. Uh, back home uh, is is going to be yeah a little bit more Martha Stewart esque. Uh, although yeah. Well anyway. Yeah. Well well speaking of that then we have Mary Jane's farm. Yeah. So I I first saw Mary Jane's farm in her very first issue. I don't know what five six years ago seven years ago. And I thought it was it was really really good. Um, and uh, I haven't looked at an issue in, in uh, over a year, maybe two years, um, because it was just so sexist. It's it's like uh, they're trying to appeal to women, like women farmers. In fact, they use that, the word uh, farm girl a lot. You know, uh, you know so. And and it's like uh, and then the, everything started to become pinker in the magazine. Like like literally, the color pink seemed to be appearing a lot more in the magazine. So um, I and, and I thought that a lot of uh, for a while there at the beginning, I thought it was really well done. Like like I thought it had good traction, good substance. Um, it was uh, a really good photography, really artfully done stuff, um, with combined with good information, um, and and then it kind of seemed like okay, rather than go down the path of, of substance and that which is interesting, let's totally pander to women. And uh, um, let me tell you, uh, women who seem to want to be pandered to, um, you're shallow and weak and stupid. Uh, as I'm looking through this, I find that your interests are like domestic chores and, um, you know, doing what others do and pretty over substance. I, I think there's a lot of value for aesthetics, but this seems to be like starting down the wrong path. And, uh, Wow, how how susceptible you are to pandering towards your gender uh, is just sad. It's just sad. Well, when you first told me about Mary Jane's farm, you were impressed with her version of agritourism. Yes. Oh hell yeah. She. Uh, I remember something reading somewhere. She was having people who would come to her farm and help her. You know, kind of like a woofer. Only they'd pay twenty five hundred bucks a week and stay in a canvas tent, which it was a it was a fancy canvas tent. And I thought, damn woman, did it? You did a damn good job there. That that is remarkable. And of course, I could totally understand people wanting to pay twenty five hundred dollars to spend a whole week, like this is their vacation, to uh, really get the feel of the farm and learn what, you know, learn about modern farm work on not like an industrial farm, but on a small farm. Right. And uh, I thought, 
brilliant, absolutely brilliant. Well, and the inside of the canvas tent was like a bed and breakfast. It was beautiful inside there, but you know, so it was. It wasn't like a typical. You're you might rent at a at a state campground or something. Right, right. I uh, uh, now I got a I got a vent, uh, and I think I might have vented on this in a podcast a long time ago. But um, I read one issue, and it may be the last one I ever even opened up. Uh, even though I had a subscription, I probably didn't even open up latter issues, but or later issues. Um, but it was um, uh, some, a news item on a page. And they didn't have one title for the news item. They had seven titles, which, you know, I've seen two or three before. Like, you know, this is our our news section. News! And then maybe the title about whatever the news is. But it's like, uh, out of the seven titles, six of them had references to gender. Like, by women, for women. News that news for farm girls. By women, for women. Uh, you know, something like that. And it went, I mean, six out of seven had to specifically mention the female gender. Now, note that it's by women, for women, but it actually, there was a little, that was a, that was a typo, because the article was written by a guy. So um, I, I just, you know, because this show's by, and it was definitely a, you know, by Jim. <laughs> Jim Zumbernother. And uh, I, I just kind of feel like, you know, the same information can be conveyed without the, without the gender pandering. Right, right. Um, there's another classic magazine that you and I both used to read, Rodale's Organic Gardening. I don't, yeah, I haven't even looked at that in probably four years. Um, I, I used to eat it up cover to cover um, like 15 years ago. Uh, but it seems like at some point in time I found the content to be weak. And I stopped. Maybe it's better now. Yeah, I don't know. I haven't read it in years myself, so I wouldn't know either. I, I feel like now um, I'm just way, way past most of the stuff that they have in there. Um, I mean, sometimes those kinds of things will have something about, like, how to organically deal with something. And it's kind of like, okay, I've heard it a hundred times. And on top of that, from a permaculture world, we do it in a totally different way now. I'd, I'd love to hear more of the permaculture perspective because I feel like, uh, you know, permac- I, I, I still hear new things and how to deal with certain problems from a permaculture perspective, which I think is vastly superior to an organic perspective. Right, right. Um, then there's just one more magazine on the list, Small Farm Today. What a what a cute little magazine! Um, uh, you can tell that whoever's putting it together is just passionate about organic st- stuff, even beyond organic. Uh, I think that they have some interest in permaculture. 
Um, and they just, you know, every issue, they just go out and collect a big gob of information and, and pack it into this teeny tiny little magazine. It's only got like 30 pages or something. It's, it's thin. It's, it's from Missouri. So there's a lot of very Missouri specific stuff. But, um, but there's, uh, you know, a lot of uh, greater appeal stuff too. Um, uh, I still only find maybe one article per issue or one article per every other issue that I enjoy out of it. But it's so tiny. <laughs> it's like uh, I, I think that uh, they're, they're good articles per total articles. They're, they're doing pretty good. They're doing good in my book. And, and uh, I, I, uh, I still find value in it. Great. Well, I think that was a great review of a lot of different magazines. And, and, you know, sometimes somebody might have a particular interest in woodworking. Um, and so they have a woodworking magazine, but they may not have a magazine that could be more about um, the homesteading side of things. So I, I think just all the different ones we talked about today um, might bring up some new ideas for people. Yeah, I um, you know I think it would be bad to. Um, I, I'm sure we have a thread out at Permies, don't we? Do we? Have you seen a thread about magazines? I'm not sure. Permaculture magazines. I know we have like a thread for permaculture magazine, and we have a thread for permaculture activist magazine. Um, I imagine we have a thread for each each of these magazines. I should hope so. Um, and if we don't, we should get one, get them created, and be able to talk about it. But. Um, I know that I've conveyed, like when I see something interesting in a lot of these magazines, I've conveyed uh, uh, something to Permies about it, like, you know, so that way the best time, hey, check this article out, this is really good. Right, yeah, I think there's been a lot of links posted to some of these, you know, the ones that are available online, and I'm not sure how many might be available online or not. Yeah, I think some of the magazines will have some of the articles available um, online. Yeah, they want to entice you to subscribe by putting some of it online. Right, yeah. right. So um, I I think it would be great. I, I should probably try and massage some of my articles. And in fact, uh, permaculture activists asked me to write for them once. And it was my bad. I never finished the article in time to get it in. Um, and I I really wanted to, and, and I hope to be able to, um, you know, I, I, I hope that they would forgive me if I tried again. Um, uh, and, and, you know, I imagine if I asked Maddie, I mean, I really enjoyed it in the podcast with Maddie from Permaculture Magazine. That's just so easy. Just turn the damn contraption on, visit with her for an hour, and you're done. <laughs> right, right. So, uh, uh, anyways, let's, hey, you know, that's one good thing about having these podcasts is I get to, I get to visit with folks. Right, <laughs> right. So, uh, that otherwise probably would never talk to me. <laughs> <laughs> well, and you, you've recently had people say on the forums that they like this sort of thing, right? <laughs> yeah, I was reading that today. Somebody posted, I like this sort of thing. Thing. I thought that was great. Well, suddenly I want to. Speaking of which, right. speaking of which, if you like this sort of thing, come on out to the forums at permies.com where we talk about permaculture and homesteading magazines and then, uh, you know, homesteading and uh, permaculture all the time. 